0: Welcome back to Snares Book Prep Uncovered, the podcast where we talk to staff, to pupils and to parents to understand more about life at the school. Each episode, I'm joined by Mr. Dalton, head teacher at the school, and together we usually speak to a guest, so it's a bit of a three-way conversation. But this episode is very special because we're joined not by one guest, but by 13 guests. They're all in years one to six, and they are all members of the school council. But first of all, before we do that, before we speak to our children, Mr Dalton, could you give us a visual description of where you are in school and who you have there with you, please?
1: Yeah, welcome, everyone. We are in what we term the hub, which is a room at the centre, the heart of the school, that houses all our laptops and iPads and often music lessons take place in here. So it's, yes, that's where we all are, crammed in here
0: crammed in and i wonder then if each of the children one after the other could just introduce themselves and say their name and which year they're in okay
2: let's go for it my name is Juden, and i am in year five my name is krishna and i am year one my name is ian and i am in year three my name is kavit i'm in year four as i'm in year two my name's sophia and i'm in year one my name's ahil and
3: i'm in year four My name is Maya and I'm in year two. My name is Eamon and I'm in
4: year six. Hello, my name is Divya and I'm in year six as well.
5: Hello, my name is Bodhi and I'm in year five. Hello, my name is Zara and I'm in year three. My name is Genevieve and I'm in year five.
0: Now, children, uh, yesterday was World Book Day. Tell me which characters you saw walking around school. Right,
1: let's have Gavir, go on Gavir, who did you see? Oliver Twist. Right, Oliver Twist. Who else, Uh, Eamon? I saw a lot of Harry Potters. <laughs> that is true, we did have a lot of Harry Potters, didn't we? I got Maya, let's...
4: I saw Mary Poppins.
1: Mary Poppins, okay. I feel like... Let's go to Divya.
4: I saw Willy Wonka.
1: Willy Wonka. Ah, Hill? I saw Alice. Alice? As, as in Alice in Wonderland? Yeah. Uh, okay. And Krishna, did you want to say? I saw Shikan. Okay. My... My classmate
2: Matthew
1: was Shikan. Okay. Is, uh, Genevieve? Who did you
6: Someone was a banana.
1: (laughs) Was that from an actual book or were they did they just come dressed as a banana?
6: There was a book with a gorilla that liked bananas or something.
1: That's right, year two are studying it, aren't they? Is that right? Year two, Maya? Yeah, Yeah, you're doing what's the book called? Gorilla. Oh, it's just called Gorilla?
5: Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Excellent. Bodie, who did you see? What characters did you see?
5: There are a few Percy Jacksons.
1: Yes, there were Percy Jackson was very popular as well, Simon.
0: Very good. They've got some great characters here. I really wish that I could have seen all of them in real life. That would have been fantastic. But I'd love to know which books each of the children are reading at the moment. Are we able to talk about that, Mr. Dalton? Yeah, let's see. What books are you reading at the moment? Should we start with Divya, seeing as it's next to you, Bodhi?
4: I'm reading a book called from the Rose Muddle Mysteries called A Secret Ruby.
1: And what's it what's it about?
4: It's about a girl called Rose, and she's with one of her friends. And she has this pendant, and then something happens because there's a dark side who are trying to get her pendant. Oh. And then there's someone who owns the um, secret ruby, and um, someone broke into their train and said, beware of the ruby.
1: Okay. So, is it like is it an adventure or is it a mystery or a crime? What sort of genre is it?
4: It's quite fancy, like, right. but, but it's also a mystery and, and adventure. Oh, brilliant! Okay, thank you.
1: Right, who got a name? Well,
7: well, right now I'm reading his Dark Materials, and the book is about a girl called Lyra, and she has something called a daemon, and this daemon is able to change into any animal it wants. And it's sort of a companion and people don't really, there's no one in the whole world who lives without one of these. And at one point she's threatened that if she doesn't do something, her daemon is cut away. And being away from your daemon makes it that you can't really live without it. You, You slowly go insane and then eventually die Wow. It, it sounds really dark, but you enjoying it? Yeah, I, I am. Like are crazy spirits, witches, talking armored bears. There's a, there's a lot of surprises in it.
1: Brilliant. Okay, let's. I'm just gonna keep working my way down the year groups. Let's go to Genevieve. Genevieve, what are you reading at the moment?
6: I'm reading Percy Jackson and the Last Olympian. It's about a boy called Percy, and there's the evil Titan Kronos who's been awakened. Wow into like the body of a young boy and he's got to destroy him before he becomes his true form and then anyone around him will incinerate.
1: Is this the first Percy Jackson book you've read or have you read the whole series?
6: I've read the whole series. Oh,
1: so you're a big Percy Jackson fan. Mm-hmm. Well. Right, excellent. Well, okay, keep working our way down.
0: Mr Dalton, I must just say, Percy Jackson seems to be very popular at Snaresbrook Prep School right now.
1: I think, I think it's not just Stairsbrook Prep, I think it's a very popular series Mm. with children of this age. Uh, Go on Bodie, what what are you reading?
5: I'm reading a book called The London Eye Mystery and it's about this family and their aunt who they haven't seen for years. She has an 11 or 12 year old boy and they go on The London Eye but he's got one ticket for an 11.30 ride on it and the others have a later one, so they let him go by himself. And then at the end of it, he doesn't come down, and so they're wondering what happened to him while he was on it.
0: Right. Does he disappear?
5: Yeah. yeah.
0: Is that the one where he's got letters on his T-shirt? Is that the one? Does he have letters on his T-shirt?
1: No. Apparently not.
0: Oh, right, okay. Uh, maybe that bit's coming up a little bit later in the story. I don't want to give anything away.
1: I hope we haven't just ruined it. I tell you what, though, I'm not going on the London Eye at 11.30, just in case. Hill, do you want to tell us what, what you're reading? I'm reading
3: the, the Railway Children. Ah, OK. It's about this family and the dad has gone to work in London and the mother and the children are left alone and have little money, so yeah. they have to try to find stuff.
1: And you're enjoying that? Yes. It's a classic. Right, Ezra, what, what are you reading?
2: I'm reading easier Trot.
1: Oh, are you? Enjoying it? Yeah. What's it about?
2: So it's about this man and he lives in a flat and down below is Mrs Silver and he's in love with him but he's a bit of a shy man. And Mrs Silver likes her pet tortoise Alfie and then one time he has an idea and so... He buys loads of tortoises, and then he grabs uh, Alfie out of Mrs. Silver's balcony, and then he releases another tortoise back back in that's more heavier, because Mrs. Silver's pet tortoise only weighs 13 ounces, and she wants him to grow more, more than that. And Mr Hoppy brings a letter to Mrs Silver to make her grow. And on the eighth week, one of the tortoises weighed 27 ounces, but he couldn't fit into the house where Alfie hibernates.
1: Ah, okay. Oh, that's a very good understanding. Right.
0: Mr. Dalton, if I could ask you a quick question. It's great to hear these children reading, and I'm sure they enjoy reading when they're at home as well. What can parents do to help their children read during the weekends and during school holidays?
1: I would go back. So I think one thing I always say to parents is to, you need to talk about what you're reading about. You're either modelling reading yourself, as in you like to read. That's quite useful because it shows that reading's something that is relevant. But also in terms of, I'm always talking about concrete experiences. So if, if a book is set in a forest and you've not really been in a forest, it's great to take you to a forest. If it's set in a castle, you know, it'd be great to get out and go to a castle. Some, some way to bring some of the setting to life would be a great, a great thing that you could do other than just read it. I don't quite know if that's what you were looking for in terms of your answer or your...
0: <laughs> no, no, it's very good. Uh, now, who was the child who was reading the London Eye mystery? Uh, that's Bodie over here. Bodhi, have you been on The London Eye? Tell us a little bit about that.
5: I haven't been on it, but I remember walking past it and it looked very scary.
0: Yeah. Well, I imagine after reading your book, you might be intrigued to know what it's like to actually be on it. Are the rest of you reading a book right now where it's set somewhere that you're able to go, like Mr. Dalton was talking about in a forest?
4: So the book with Charles reading um, from the Rose Maddle Mysteries, um, the first part is set in India, so I can just go onto an aeroplane, but you obviously have to plan ahead. But sometimes you can get tickets soon because people cancel.
1: I mean, I suppose there are other things you could do and even in even that situation is go onto Google Maps, you could sort of look at other images of sort of types of settings that are of, of the period or in the style of what you're reading, Amen.
7: It's originally set in Oxford, and I I have been to Oxford myself. It's a a beautiful place. But then later on, it goes to the North Pole and then London, and they're always travelling around to different places, then eventually going back to Oxford and so on and so forth.
1: Well, certainly Oxford and London are easier than the North Pole, aren't they? (laughs) I see I'm going to get myself in trouble here with parents saying, my child now wants to visit X. New York City. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You said it was a good thing to do.
0: <laughs> and somebody was reading the Railway Children as well. I imagine most people have been on a train, but of course, this book isn't set in twenty twenty two. It's set in the past, isn't it? Who was reading that one? Oh,
1: that was it Ar-Hell. was me. Yeah, you have you ever been on a, a steam train?
3: No, I haven't.
0: Can you imagine what it's like to be, you know, on a steam train or living at a time when steam trains were commonplace?
3: I've seen lots of movies inside. A steam train, so I know roughly what it looks like yeah. in size.
1: I mean, there is uh, the North Weald to Onga steam train, which is not too far from, from us that you could go on our home uh, one weekend. And they, they also do use an old bus as well. So you get an old bus one way and you can get the steam train the other way. Oh, very good. Very good. Again, yeah. I'm not sponsored by them. But...
0: Now, which of our children hasn't said anything yet and might, might like to say something?
1: Oh, oh Do you, and, and Gavir, let's have a listen. What do you want to ask?
0: Now, who is this, Mr Dalton? So this is Aeon. Aon, am I saying that right? Yes. Okay. Aon, tell me a little bit about the last book that you read. Do you remember what that was?
2: Five Go to Finson Farm. So Five Go to... Finson Farm. Finson
1: Farm. And is that, is that one of the, is that like a mystery
0: book?
2: It's okay. a Famous Five.
1: It's a Famous Five book. Yes, I should have known Ah, oh. Five
0: guys. I think most of the mums and dads listening to this will know Famous Five books. Is that by Enid Blyton? Is that right?
2: Yes.
1: And are you enjoying it? Mm. Or did you enjoy it?
2: Yes.
0: Would
1: you recommend it to anyone?
4: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and have you read any other Famous Five books? Yes. Which ones have you read? Can you tell us about them?
2: I've read number one, number two,
0: number three. Oh, we've got another hand up here. Oh, What's Krishna, going on here?
1: Krishna, do you want sense what
2: you've been reading? I have been reading Treasure Island.
0: Mr Dalton, if I could ask a question, a hands-up question right, now. hands-up question. Because the children are growing up in the world where Netflix is on all the time and we've got Amazon Prime, we've got Amazon Prime TV, I mean, we've got Disney, we've got Sky, we've got more TV channels than we've ever had. Do we actually need to read... In life, or should we just watch TV instead?
1: Right. What do we think? Do we need to read, or? Go on, Sophia. We'll start with you.
2: We're not supposed to watch that much
1: television. No, no we're not meant to watch that much television. No. sorry So, what? But...
6: I think we should read books because they like take you to different worlds. And like when you get a really good book, you just can't stop reading it. And it, and I think it's kind of better than a TV series.
1: I was having a conversation with uh, Miss Griffiths along the same lines. Jaden, what did you want to say?
6: I think you should read because it's much more better and,
3: and some of the books make you still smarter.
1: Wow. These, these are all the right answers. We can, you know, there'll be good marks of plenty at the end. Odie, what do you say?
5: I say read because when you read a book, your imagination is kind of taking you where it wants to take you. But then if you watch a TV programme... It's kind of in a way putting your imagination out there and if you so once you've read a book and then you if you watch the show or movie, it kind of it's not as you expected it because your imagination is telling you that it's like this, but then when you watch the movie it's something different.
1: Yeah, that's true, you've got a bit more ownership over your own imagination, haven't you, I guess, if it's a book. Let's go to AR and then we'll go to Divya.
5: I
2: think it's good. I think you should read books because, well, if you read a book,
4: you might be able to read a movie and then you can see the differences about them.
1: That's true. So,
4: Divya? I think that if you're watching TV, sometimes I feel headachy. And when you're reading a book, you get something. You you just feel something which attracts you to it, which you can't get from the TV programme. And as Bodhi was saying... In books, you can imagine more and it's getting you to think and get your brain a bit more ready. While on TV, it's just shown to you right there and you lose your imagination.
0: So children, tell us about the activities you were getting up to on World Book Day then.
1: Right, I can start with Eamon because you've got the microphone in your hand.
7: Well, we did something really exciting because a famous manga artist, manga being Japanese comic books, I'm sure you've heard of them, we, we got to see how they draw, what inspired them, and why they do it.
1: Okay, lovely. Bailey?
5: In Year 5, we split in half and we read books to Year 1, children. Oh, that, yes. And what book did you read? What book were you reading? I read The Storm Whale.
1: Okay, did you enjoy it? (laughs) Yeah. Sarah, what were you doing in your class?
5: We all read
2: to
1: nursery. Oh, you read to nursery, did you? Can you remember what book you were reading to nursery?
2: Good
1: Night Moon. Oh, good night, okay, lovely. Maya, can you remember what you were doing in your class, Maya?
2: So at the end of the day, we had this author come on and it was showing us how to do drawings right. in her books.
1: Ah, okay. Can you what sort of drawings were?
2: It was the book was called Party Parade. Right. It it was very cool.
1: Ah, lovely. Thank you very much. And ah here, what was going on in, in, what was going on in your class?
3: We read to reception.
1: And can you remember the book you were reading? I read
3: two books. Oh, yeah. One about space and one about the Lion King.
1: Okay. Did you enjoy reading to the younger children?
3: Yes. At the end, they read to me.
1: Oh, did they? What did they read to you?
3: The Star Book.
0: This is very good. Mr. Dalton, we're getting some great answers coming through. I'm just keeping an eye on time, though. We might need to bring this podcast episode to a close in a minute.
1: Okay, no problem.
0: So if anybody's been listening to this and wants to find out more about reading at Snares Book Prep, is it okay if they get in touch with you, Mr Dalton?
1: Absolutely. They can get in touch through the office. Either give us a call or just email office at snaresbookprep.org. It'd be lovely to hear from people.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And thank you very much, Years 1 to 6, School Council, for talking to us today about reading books. Can you all say goodbye to everybody?
7: Bye. Bye!
0: So now, Mr. Dalton, we're back in your office and it's just you and me. The children have gone back to their class. Weren't they lovely?
1: Oh, they're always, always a great way to, uh, I don't know, re-energise the soul, I think, chatting to children about things they're enjoying.
0: Now, tell me a little bit about what parents can do to help their children read. You know, if parents are into reading, but they're finding that their children aren't so much, what can they do to help?
1: So there are some practical things and I think there are understanding a little bit about what we're trying to achieve when we're teaching reading at school and actually having just a little bit of understanding about what it means to learn to read can help. So I think some of the practical things you can do is something as simple as turn the subtitles on. If you are watching television, always have the subtitles running. The obviously read with your child and it really doesn't matter what their age you know often as as they get to key stage two and you know certainly year six parents think they can read themselves they don't need to read with them but read with them that enjoyment of, of a that social enjoyment of just being together but more importantly sharing the context and discussing the book and discussing ideas in the story is very helpful because you know when we start to learn to read this sort of speaks to that idea about understanding what it is we're trying to do when we're teaching reading there are several tools if you like that we use when we read so there's decoding Mm -hmm. so when we're we literally the sort of phonic knowledge of of what the the sort of graphemes mean there's the sort of syntactical knowledge that we bring to reading so the order in which words come and then there's a sort of semantic clues, so things like the topic of the book, there's a sort of world knowledge or cultural knowledge and your vocabulary knowledge. And, and so when you sort of, as you get better at reading, you're just looking at a word, you know from its shape, you know from its length, you know from where it fits into the, the sentence, where that fits in with what you're reading in terms of the topic. That all forms your understanding of what that word is going to be rather than pure decoding. Mm. Now... When children are really young and they start to learn, it's really good to get them to decode. And Mm -hmm. and that's the bit that we tend to do as parents, and we do that really well. And then as soon as they can decode with relative fluency, we then say, oh, they can read. And we then think we don't need to read with them. But actually, the understanding and the vocabulary and understanding the themes... And, and discussing the nuances uh-huh. of reading and being in somebody else's shoes. Because I think that's what one thing, I think your question there was something like, you know, what's better? Do we still need to read? I think your question was when we've mm. got all these films or Netflix. Mm. And I think the one thing that books do so much better than films is they allow you to hear a thought process. They're very good at transferring ideas or thoughts. And it puts you in somebody else's shoes in a way that's slightly different mm. to a visual medium it allows you to hear a character's thoughts and it develops empathy and it's very good for doing that but that requires you need you need a guide an older guide to sort of help you understand that so as the children get older they might be able to decode the words but they need help sort of if you like decoding the context and mm. and those elements so you know read with them if you're pushed for time play an audiobook in the car you know, on the journey, is so that way you're still sharing the experience, you can still talk about it, you can still get to grips with the understanding of the language, but obviously you're not having to, you can't read and drive or, you know, it's not legal if you can. If you are able to read and drive, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to. So those are, I think, you know, ways that parents can definitely help their, their, their child enjoy books, get more from books. And ultimately, even when they're younger, I sometimes think we as parents make the mistake of almost getting to the habit of collecting books. So our child will decode a book and we go, right, they've read that book. Can I collect another one? And and how quickly can I get through the reading scheme? And that's seen as a a badge of honour. But actually, there is a lot of value in just keep decoding the same book over and over, because what that's doing is building up this visual awareness and word knowledge so you're seeing that same word and then rather than having to decode it each time you just recognize it so you're improving mm. that word recognition mm. then on top of that you can build in the comprehension so actually not not as parents keep demanding a new book actually working with the same book over and over again so the the decoding is more fluent the understanding is better mm. and then zipping back to the other end of the the school spectrum to year 6 again reading the books that are well beyond their ability to decode You know, again, if you think about what we read to young children, we don't ever do that with our our older children. So we should keep on reading. But so those those are things that you can do, I think.
0: Very interesting. It just reminds me actually of a friend of mine who had teenage children and he found that he was travelling a lot for business. And so he wasn't able to be with his children at bedtime when he used to read with them at bedtime. But then somebody advised him to get a Kindle and to download the same books that his children were reading so that when he's away staying in a hotel, he would actually read in the hotel the children's books that they were reading. And then when he was back home at the dining table, they were all able to talk as a family together about which stage they were at. And he found that that really helped that relationship with his children and to encourage them to carry on reading. So it kind of worked in two different ways.
1: What a lovely idea. It's like your own family book club. What a lovely idea. Yeah, yeah. Right, I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that story, Simon. uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Steal away. That's the whole point of this. That's the whole point. Now, there's an article in The Guardian in January, which I'm I'm aware that you read. Uh, It was all about phonics failing children. Tell us a little bit about that article and what your views are on that.
1: Oh, right. Okay, we're going there. Okay. I didn't think we had time for that. Um, (laughs) Okay, well. Oh, Simon, there is a long answer to this. Um, I think, so there are essentially... It was put forward in around about 2006. So, pre 2006, the general model of reading was, uh, as I've just talked about, there are these very various different cues, and they call them the searchlights of reading. Um, So, there's semantic cues, there's the syntactic cues, there's the graphonic cues, you know, so, and they all build together to form this skill of reading. And that's actually for, what, hundreds of years. That's how we taught reading. You basically looked at a book, you tried to read it. When you didn't know a word, somebody told you what the word was, you remembered what that word looked like, and the next time you saw it, you tried to recall the memory of that word. Hmm. That's essentially what we were doing. And that had limitations doing it that way because it ignored the phonics element. Then in the the Rose Review, the Rose Report 2006, said, no, we're going, to, we're going to go with the simple model of reading, which is just all you need is decoding and somebody to explain vocabulary, the vocabulary to you as you get to it. So you'll decode it, they'll tell you what the word means, and that's how you read. So really sort of narrowing it down to just two of those elements. and And that's what has dominated the landscape of teaching to read, is phonics. And I think what this article or the the research behind the article was saying, is that's all well and good, but we shouldn't forget all the other elements. Now, I think my view on it is this is a bit like a pendulum. You know, before 2006, the pendulum was one way. It was all word recognition. And that's all teachers knew to do. So to get them, to force them to embrace phonics... It was, they simplified it and said, no, we're only going to f- focus on phonics. And that pulled the pendulum to the other side. Mm. And actually what we're now saying is, well, hang on, let's be more sensible out of this and find a balanced view. I think the the, 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 the sort of summary in the article talked about the balanced view of reading. Um, was this somewhere in the middle? And let's face it, how many of us as adults decode words? Mm. How many of the words we read do we decode? Very rare, very rarely. Mm. How many of the words do we accurately do we spot just through word recognition? Well, actually, that's very small as well because most of us have done that email where the letter at the beginning and the end um, makes sense in the word, but the rest of it's all mumble jumble, mm. and then you yeah. can still read. You can still read the email, and that's because of your syntactical awareness and your sort of word recognition it's the right length starts and ends with the right letters it's in the right place in the sentence and that's how you make meaning of it Hmm. so we actually know through experience that it's not phonics that we do we rely on for most of our reading Hmm. so to not teach children that seems a little strange it seems a little strange to me back in 2007, when you know it was all about, you know, it's all right, we've been wrong, it's a lot simpler than we thought it was. And so, you know, to me, it makes more sense this more balanced approach. And I think that's what the article was getting at. It wasn't saying that there were the phonics was uncom and that we shouldn't do it, it was saying, no, we need to include it with the others. And I think, you know, you start with phonics, and as the child gets older, the other, in the old parlance, searchlights or the other tools come into
0: play. I, I did say it was a long answer.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone.
0: <laughs> no, it's a good answer. And if anyone's listening and wants to find that article, it's it's called "Focus on Phonics to Teach Reading Is Failing Children," says landmark study in that's in the Guardian. So if you Google that, then I'm sure that you'll find it. But in the meantime, Ralph, I think we probably need to bring this uh, this episode to a close right now. Unless there's anything else you'd like to add. No, it's been an
1: absolute pleasure listening to the children talk about their enjoyment of reading um, and the books they're reading. So, yeah, no, it's been a lovely, a lovely session.
0: Awesome. Well, if anyone has any questions about reading and snares Book Prep, then good to get in touch with Ralph directly. But in the meantime, our next episode is coming out soon. So thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we'll look forward to connecting with you next time. Bye for now. Bye for now.